Lecture topic: Adopting piety. And so he had no other occupation. He had nothing. Anything that became available was something was shared with him as well. And if there was nothing, he also remained hungry. And as a result, there used to be times when he would fall unconscious out of sheer hunger. Now, can we imagine the situation that a person is so hungry, such starvation, such pangs of hunger, such weakness as a result of extended time in hunger? One is a person skipped a meal now is feeling very very hungry, and person is feeling the pangs of hunger also, but that is not going to immediately result in such weakness that the person falls unconscious. Now one meal got skipped like this, then the second meal, then the third meal, then the fourth meal. By that time now the weakness is going to be really setting in. So the extent of weakness reaching this level that a person falls unconscious is not because of skipping one meal. There would have been an extended period of time that this continued, nothing to eat, nothing to have to nourish oneself. And eventually he would fall unconscious. And this wasn't an isolated situation that happened once or twice. It happened many, many times. But he was uh, fine with tolerating the situation and just uh, keeping himself content with whatever little came in sometimes. But he was dedicated to learning deen and to passing on deen. Now this is the kind of sacrifice with which he acquired deen and the kind of sacrifice with which he passed on deen. So how much we should be appreciating this? To what extent we should be taking it to heart? That subhanallah, they underwent such sacrifices to learn and to pass on. So in any case, this is the sahabi who is relating this hadith sharif and Nabi Kareem sallam is giving him this advice so this advice was for, for everybody, for us, it was for you and I, that we should take it to heart, we should become very conscious about it, we should start practicing on it, and we should pass it on to others as well. Ilm is about learning, practicing, and conveying. It is not a matter of that we are to think about ourselves as better than somebody else, therefore we must tell them, no, we are not better than anybody. Who is better in terms of the end result, we'll only know when the end result comes. When the end result comes, on the day of Tiamat, then we will know who is better. But now we can't make any decision for the end result. That is something only when the end result comes, then only we'll know who's who. فَصَوْفَ إِذَنْ كَشَفَ الْغُبَارِ سَتَعْرِفُ أَتَحْتَ رِجْلِكَ فَرَسٌ أَمْ حِمَارِ Poet says that when there is a race taking place now, he is giving an example now. So in those days, horse race, whatever people used to just compete, obviously horse racing in the sense that is commonly understood in our context where people gamble on horses is totally haram. Gambling of any sort is totally haram. But if people are just racing on a horse, that's not a problem for training, etc. So, but when there's a horse race, now especially on a dusty road, 
and now five horses, ten horses are all running. So the dust that rises is tremendous. And sometimes there's so many horses and so much of dust that you can't see the rider, you can't see the horse. So now the poet is saying that now sometimes when this entire uh, group of horses or animals are racing, so at that time the dust is so much you can't see anything. So everybody is racing, everybody feels they're in the, you know, they they somewhere. But then after a while, the dust settles. And when the dust settles, now somebody realizes he's on the horse, and somebody else realizes he thought he was riding a horse, but he's on a donkey. So in other words, he's not going to make any real, he's not going to get any speed, and get anywhere, he's far behind. Those who are on the horse, they reached ahead. He thought he was on a horse, but now he realized he's behind, he's on a donkey. What he meant to give this example is, sometimes we think we are way ahead. Because we are doing this, and we are doing that, and we did this, and we did that. And the we becomes I, I did this, and I did that. So I, the I specialist. Now, we think we have gone somewhere. But then on the day of Tiamat, it might turn out that we thought we were somewhere, but now suddenly there's a different whole scene here, that this you thought you did something very great, but where's the ikhlas in it? This was done for some ulterior purpose, this was done for some name and fame, this was done to impress people. So what you thought you were riding something very, very superior, but this Amal got no strength in it. It can't take you anywhere. You thought you did this, but this was done, uh, you spoiled it because the purpose or the, the manner in which you did was not right. Whatever other aspects. So sometimes we get deceived into thinking we are getting somewhere. Allah forbid that it turns out to be something else on the day of Qiyamah. So we have to be very conscious, keep checking what we are doing is right. We are doing it in the right way. We are doing it for the right purposes, with the right intention. Otherwise, on the day of Qiyamah, there will be people, الَّذِينَ ضَلَّ سَعْيُهُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَهُمْ يَحْسَبُونَ أَنَّهُمْ يُحْسِنُونَ الصُّنْعَ Allah Ta'ala mentions in the Quran Sharif, on the day of Qiyamah, there will be some who will come, all their efforts in dunya will be in waste. All their efforts would be in vain. Nothing. So everything went to waste, whereas they were thinking we are doing something very great. We are doing something tremendous. But that tremendous was all a tremendous failure now. So any case that was something on the, just came up on the, as a digression. Coming back to the Hadith Sharif of Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala an, that Nabi Kareem sallallahu gave him some advice. The advice he gave him, number one, Kun wari anta kun nas. That adopt wara. Wari an means taqwa. This is what we understand the word wari to mean. There are many ways in which it is explained, but this is the essence of it. That adopt taqwa, you would become the greatest abid. You will become the greatest worshipper. Everybody understands worship. Somebody is making more ibadat. A'abad al-nas, ibadat. 
And generally, we see somebody making more ibadat, or if we started making more ibadat, then we attach piety to ibadat. Now indeed, piety brings about ibadat as well. Piety, when piety genuinely comes into a person, the person genuinely becomes pious, then piety will bring about ibadat. Because piety brings a connection with Allah Ta'ala. And when that connection with Allah Ta'ala has been developed, then everything that will bring a person closer to Allah Ta'ala will become very beloved. So ibadat is very beloved to Allah Ta'ala. So when there is piety, then ibadat will become beloved and a person will engage more in ibadat. Because this is a means of taqarrub ilallah. A means of gaining closeness to Allah Ta'ala. But does it mean everyone performing ibadat is pious? That doesn't necessarily, it's not a uh, aspect of a lazim malzum as it is called, that this is hand in glove, that ibadat means piety. No, no, no. Piety will bring about ibadat. If a person is pious, a pious person can't miss his salah, the first salah out of the question. There's no piety if he's missing out his first salah. So a person who has piety, who has Allah consciousness, piety will ensure that there is salah. Piety will ensure that there is fasting, that there is zakat, that there is hajj, if hajj is compulsory, zakat is compulsory. Piety will ensure that the rights of people are being fulfilled. Piety will ensure that the person is not now content with just the farz and wajib, but piety now will want the, will make the person want to do more. He'll be fulfilling all the sunnats also very, very diligently. And he'll be trying to do nawafil as well. And he will be trying to help people also. And he will be trying to be kind and compassionate. And he'll be very forgiving. And he'll be all these various aspects of akhlaq and mu'asharat and mu'amalat. Why? Because this piety has built up a connection with Allah Ta'ala. And he will not want to do anything that will disrupt this connection. Rather he will do everything that will enhance it. So now that's in its place. That's a reality. But does it mean anybody in ibadat is pious? No, it doesn't necessarily mean that. Allah Ta'ala forbid that a person can be very much in ibadat but far from pious. A person can be very much in ibadat but far from pious. How can this be? Person is fulfilling so much ibadat, five times daily salah, he is making tilawat of the Quran Sharif and doing so many other good things. And how can he not be pious? So the issue is that piety piety is about obedience to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. And this obedience means that the person is obedient to Allah Ta'ala in all facets of life. Whether in ibadat within muamalat, muasharat, akhlaq, obviously the iman is in place properly, then this person will be inshallah pious. But if a person is mashallah fulfilling ibadat, which is very good, but is lying at the same time, so perform the salah, and is lying at the same time, the person is performing the salah, but is deceiving others, person is mashallah making tilawat of the Quran Sharif, but also looking at haram. The person is engaging in zikr, tasbihat, 
but also lying, backbiting, and the person has, mashallah, gets a very nice feeling when making zikr. So the feeling of the heart during zikr now was very enjoyable, mashallah, excellent. But that heart is also filled with pride, with jealousy, with malice. Then such a person is very far from piety, though the person will get rewarded for the ibadat. And the farz was fulfilled, then definitely that's a very big thing that has taken place, that the farz was now completed, and the sawab of that will be received, the obligation will be completed. So that is something in its place, that the farais will be completed if it was done, and it has to be done. There's no compromise on that. But that itself doesn't bring about piety. That is a part of what piety requires. Now this is what is being explained in this Hadith Sharif. Kun wari'an takun a'abad nas Be pious. Wari'an. Be pious, you will become the greatest abid. Because what is ibadat all about? Ibadat is about total submission to Allah Taala. So if a person has inculcated piety, now what is piety? Again, very simply, obedience to Allah Taala, refraining from his disobedience. So the person fulfilling the salah also, because missing out salah will be disobedience. The person is fulfilling zakat if it's first, because not fulfilling zakat is disobedience. And the person is not lying because lying is a major sin. person is not backbiting because backbiting is a major sin. It's a kabira, a major sin. Not a minor sin, very major sin. person is not looking at haram, not harboring malice, not harboring jealousy. Why? Because these are major sins, this is disobedience. And this is not part of piety, it's against piety. So now the primary thing is piety. Kun wari'an. This wara. Piety. What is piety in another way to understand it? Is to understand the... Now this is one level of piety. The most basic level of piety. To understand the limits of deen. The borders of the sharia. And stay within those borders at all times. Not to cross any lines. Now there's a country, so now the country has sometimes borders on different directions. There's some border on the north and some on the south and some, depending now, a landlocked country sometimes has so many different borders. South Africa now got few borders now because good amount of it is now ocean. But now many countries which are landlocked, there's now several borders on all sides. But now, that one is the border gates, but now there's a border, there's a complete border circling that whole country. So now a person wants to go somewhere, he comes to a point, he says, no, 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 that's the border there now, he can't cross that border. That is dangerous now. You get close to it, you get shot just now. You need a visa to go through the process and then go cross the border through the official channels. Otherwise you get in big trouble, you'll kill yourself. So now anybody understands the borders, anybody who is sane, who realizes what's a border all about, then they don't cross the border. So that's what's taqwa all about, piety all about. This is the most basic level of piety. 
that a person understands the borders. Now, there are sometimes some incidents in the lives of the pious that show us how conscious they were of the borders. Sometimes some things are regarded as like a very high level of taqwa, very high level. Whereas that particular aspect was at a very essential level. But yes, it was a very high level of consciousness that made the person realize and practice on that being an essential level. Some things, for example, everybody understands is on the essential level. For example, to perform the five daily salah, who doesn't know about it? Any Muslim understands that. And they are conscious also that this is on a very essential level. I have to fulfill this. And there are certain things which are on a higher level, but some things are on a very essential level. Some people understand it. And others take it as, no, this is something on a very, very high level. If it, if I don't do it, it's not such a matter for me. Now to understand what we are talking about, let us take one or two examples. There's one incident mentioned about a person, a Buzrug, pious person. He went to visit somebody who was ill, very ill. So he went there and he was sitting at this person's bedside. person was extremely ill. Others were also seated around. He was now in his last moments. So when this person got there, he realized this person is now in his last moments. Any case, some time passed. He might have been reciting something, maybe making talqeen of the kalima, etc., whatever. It was at night. Now this person was sitting uh, there very sick and people were around. There was a candle or a lamp that was burning for light because it was dark, it was night. Any case, this person then passed away. Now when he passed away, this pious person who had come to visit him, so he was also seated there, without any delay, the first thing he did was, he extinguished that lamp, he blew it off. Candle, lamp, whatever it might have been, he extinguished it immediately. Now it left the whole room in darkness. So unlike nowadays, there's some street light, there's something else, some, some light will filter in from somewhere a little bit here and there. It was either a moonlit night, so they got some light out of the moon, and if it was a cloudy night, or it was not the full moon, or par partial moon visible, then it was total darkness. So maybe it might have been one of those occasions when it was total darkness. Now he extinguished that candle or that lamp, they were left in total darkness. So people started asking what you did. Oh, you left us all in total darkness. So he immediately responded and said, that, look, we're sitting around here. This lamp belongs to, was, was belonging to this deceased person. So the oil that was burning in here was burning for his benefit. People came to visit him, his guests. It was burning for his benefit. His home, his, he was benefiting out of it. However, basically he owned it and it was burning for his benefit. He's passed away now. He's passed away, it now belongs to the heirs, it doesn't belong to him anymore. person passed away, his ownership has come to an end. Now that his ownership came to an end, now it's burning for our benefit, but it doesn't belong to us. And this belongs to the heirs, we don't have their permission. So without their permission, we can't use their ownership. 
So therefore the correct thing to do was to now extinguish it immediately. Now this is an incident that is very striking, that subhanallah, this person was so conscious, but there's an even more striking incident. In the same vein, this is a matter of inheritance, a matter of now, the ownership switched in a moment. Because that's what happens here. One is now other things, the, there's like a, a process now that goes through the change of ownership. Somebody will buy, somebody will sell, there will be some discussion, some negotiation maybe. Then that person will now, it sometimes takes a while also. And it's a planned thing that this person now is planning to sell off this item, that person is planning to buy it off, whatever. But inheritance, it sometimes happens in just a blink of an eye. That the ownership transferred from this person to that person, well, healthy, fit person, suddenly passed away. And he just passed away in a moment. In a moment, all those things he owned, it might have been a big empire. But in a moment now, a whole lot of others are owning it. He had four or five children, his wife, parents. Instantly, they all became co-owners of this. Immediately, they are all shareholders in this. So, now this one lady, from among the pious of the predecess pious predecessors, she was busy kneading dough, making dough for the roti. So now she was busy, now the process of making roti, inshallah everybody is familiar with this, because we are living in a different world now. So sometimes it's one a question now, that is everybody familiar with how to make roti, maybe we are eating it, but it's probably coming from somewhere, already made, I don't want to take any names because they say you are advertising now. So uh, we have gone into a new new mode now, so now... One person, he was saying that he was so amazed, mashallah, that his daughter was learning to make rotis and she was making it so perfectly that even his wife was making for years, she couldn't do it so perfectly round. He was so impressed. But then he went to see, she was using one glass bowl upside down and getting the circle right. So that was the shortcut she was hitting. But nevertheless, the good thing was she learned how to make it. Alhamdulillah, that was the positive thing. Doesn't matter, she now improvised to get the circle right. But uh, uh, the thing is, she learned how to make it. So that was a very good thing. Otherwise, nowadays, then it is, well, you know where to buy it from. So the point is now, we are getting talking about this incident. So she was busy kneading the dough. So now, mixing the flour. And, and at that time, somebody just walked in and gave her the message. Message what? Oh, things happen sometimes, Allah Ta'ala protect us. Is a dua of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min fujaatil maut. Ya Allah, I seek your protection from a sudden death. In fact, there are some riwayat where a sudden death has been described in a positive manner. There are some ahadis where a sudden death has been described in a positive manner. And in this particular dua, we are being taught to ask for protection from a sudden death. So the difference is, for a pious person, a person who has his affairs in order, his affairs with Allah Ta'ala are in order, and his affairs with people are in order, and this person meets a sudden death, 
this was a ni'mat for him. He was walking, healthy, fit, fine, no issues. And then suddenly he went to him, Allah Ta'ala's rahmat. That's a big rahmat for him. That's a big bounty and a blessing. He didn't go through any challenges in that last days of life, etc., which could be sometimes very challenging. But he went to him, Allah's rahmat. So for him, that was a big ni'mat. And for some person, that can become a problem. Because if there was some something that's now beginning to now ring a bell, so to say, an alarm bell, a person, something happened and got very ill or whatever, person starts thinking of death now. And now because of starting to think of death, now suddenly Toba came to mind. Now obviously, Toba, when the pangs of death set in, then it's too late for Toba. But until the pangs of death have not set in, the door of Toba is open. So now for that person, a sudden death wasn't a ni'mat, but rather that illness that came, that challenge that might have come, or in whichever form, now the death, the time of death was fixed. Sometimes it is described as that, for example, the accident brought death. But rather it's the other way around. Death brought the accident. Because the time of death was appointed and this became the excuse for it. So death brought about the accident. Because that time had come now, the time to move was there. So something had to become the reason and the excuse for it. But that's nevertheless another matter. But the point now is, for this person, that became a ni'mat. Now it brought the heart to some consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, made Tawbah, sometimes a person had a chance to make some wasiyad, had the chance to give some advice, had the chance to say, look, I'm owing so and so something, I didn't even write it anyway, I didn't tell anybody, please make sure it gets done. So now otherwise it would have got left undone, maybe that person forgot also. He doesn't come to ask about it. And that right gets left over for the akhirat. So now for that person, that became a ni'mat. And for this person, this is a ni'mat. But for generally us, we have to make this dua. Allahumma inya'udhu bika min fuja'atil mawt. Ya Allah, I seek protection from a sudden death. Because a sudden death, Allah Ta'ala save us what halat we are in. So, that, that opportunity of Tawbah doesn't ever then come also. Suddenly the person is gone. So we have to ask for protection from a sudden death. Now, any case we were talking about this incident, this woman was now busy kneading that dough, that flower. And as she's busy, somebody walked in and suddenly told her, your husband passed away. Now that's such a shock. Anybody just hears something like this, it can become such a shock. Now this woman heard this, but the first thing she did was, she picked her hands out of that door. And the first thing that came out of her mouth, first thing she uttered was, this now has partners in it. I'm not the sole owner anymore. Or meaning it's not just my husband's now anymore. It was my husband, so he, I mean... I'm part of the house, my husband, I'm making for him or for the house, for the family. But now is no more belonging to him and neither me alone. I have a share in it, but there are shareholders also, others also. So the first thing is, she separated her hands out of that dough, that this is not something I can continue doing without the permission of the shareholders. 
So what composure and what consciousness and what level of taqwa, but now we talk, spoke about the level of taqwa, the level of consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. But this taqwa was on an essential level. This wasn't like being very, very cautious about something very minute and very, you know, I mean, very, something about the fine print, very small detail. No, this is on the most essential level because the rights of people involved. And that is not something that is like on a very, very minute detail, some small, fine print matter. No, this is an essential thing. So this is the message that we are being given in this Hadith Sharif when Nabi Kareem says, Kun wari'an takun a'badan nas. Be a person of taqwa, person of piety, person of consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. You will be the greatest abid. Perhaps you may not be performing as much nawafil as somebody else. Somebody may be making five paras till hour daily, you may be making one para daily. Somebody might be reciting istighfar thousand times daily, maybe you reciting it hundred times morning, hundred times evening. Somebody might be reciting so many other wazaif, etc. You may not be doing so much in that regard. And likewise other aspects, nawafil, etc. But you'll still be the greater abid on the virtue of taqwa. So this is the thing to aspire for, the aspect to work on, the aspect to inculcate in our lives, to keep checking, to keep pondering, what is our level of taqwa, our level of the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala give tawfiq inshallah, in future weeks we may discuss something more in terms of taqwa before going on with the other parts of the Hadith Sharif. Allah Ta'ala give us this wealth of taqwa, Allah Ta'ala bless us to become part of those who Nabi Kareem gave this advice, Kun wari'an, takun a'badan nas, that we truly become people who are conscious of Allah Ta'ala, and Allah Ta'ala include us among those who are the greatest abideen, wa akhiru da'wana, an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu, wa laka al-shukru kulluhu, Allahumma la nuhsisana an alayk, anta kama athnayta ala nafsik, Allahu la ilaha illa huwa al-hayyul qayyum, وعنت الوجوه للحي القيوم يا أحدا صمدا لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل أواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله